Welcome to Linda's Corner. My name is Linda Bjork, and today we're going to be talking about how to turn off our autopilot and live with authentic purpose. I'm delighted to welcome special guest Rusty Gaylord. Rusty is a worldwide director of finance who transitioned into coaching. He is also the author of Breaking the Code, Stop Looking for Answers, and Start Enjoying Life. You can find Rusty's book on Amazon, and I'll include a link in the description. Welcome, Rusty. I'm so glad that you could join with me today. Thank you, Linda. I'm happy to be here. I am delighted, and I'm excited to hear your story. Here you are, this successful person with this amazing career at Apple, living the kind of life that most people would just dream about. And man, if you had that all on Facebook, everyone would think, oh, Rusty has the life of my dreams. And yet you did this big transition into a totally different career. So what's the behind the scenes to why you did what you did? You know, it's so funny that you describe it that way, because I, I think at that point in my life, I probably tried to put my life on Facebook. So it looked like I had it all together, but I didn't feel like I had it all together. And I think that's so common is that we compare other people's appearances, what they, you know, the, the picture that they paint on the outside to our own internal experience. And I looked at other people and I felt like, well, gosh, they have it all together. I don't feel like I have it all together. And so for me, there was a couple of pieces that were involved in that transition. One was I had stopped climbing the ladder at Apple. In fact, I had climbed to this level of being director of finance. It was a big job at Apple and my son was young and I felt like I was doing a miserable job at both, frankly, being a parent and being successful at work because I was in a worldwide role, meaning I was talking to people in the morning and in evening and it just conflicted with being home. I didn't have the skill set at that point in my life to manage that. And so basically, I tried to be in two places at once. And we all know how that goes. <laughs> so I, the only thing I knew how to do was make a decision. And I decided that I would prioritize family over work, which was a very hard decision for me to make. But I did. And I took a lower level job. Now, when I had taken myself off of the ladder, uh, you know, I'd been climbing the ladder my whole life from all the way from school all the way to that point. When I took myself off the ladder, I started to question, what am I doing then? Am I just working for a paycheck? And is this the kind of work I want to do if it's just for a paycheck? So all of these questions, I knew I wanted to do meaningful work. And a part of me had this unreasonable belief that I could do work that mattered to me and still have good life balance. Uh, I didn't see a path to do that. (laughs) It was not not my personal experience, but a part of me believed that had to be possible. Um, Anyway, I, I looked and looked and didn't find anything. And so that part of me kind of went on hold. I got divorced around this time. uh, This is about uh, almost 10 years ago now. And uh, that was super challenging, took up several years, was high conflict, very difficult. uh, And navigating through that took a lot of time and energy. And as that was wrapping up, I happened to hear somebody speak who asked me a bunch of powerful questions that opened the door to me to becoming a coach. Mm. I'm excited so I'll to tell hear you what these. The questions are. Yes, please. You know that's what I'm thinking is what are these questions that just changed your life? Uh, yeah. Basically they were a series of what if questions. Uh, because what I realized by answering these questions is how much I had blocked off my own sense of what was possible. So these questions were what if your family and friends didn't judge you for the decisions you made? And what if you could make money doing things you really liked doing? And what if your past experience didn't dictate what you could do in the future? These kinds of questions that helped me open up the sense of possibility and potential. 
And when I did that, the it pretty quickly I figured out what I really wanted to do was have conversations with people that mattered. Talk about life, talk about things that are going well, talk about things that aren't going well, but to create a forum where people, other people can talk about these things, I can talk about these things, and I can help people in recrafting the parts of their life that aren't working. And that's what led me down the path to become a coach. But it started with this what if question. What if all these things in your head that you think are blocking you really weren't? Then what would you do? Wow. I love that. And as you mentioned the questions, my mind is wondering, did you realize that you were concerned about what other people were judging your decisions or did that not even enter the equation? I think a lot of times we just do what we're doing and we don't even recognize the why behind it. But when you phrased it in a question that way of what if you weren't judged by your family and friends, and then if we can get brave enough to get to a point of, I'm not worried about my family and friends, their their judgment. I mean, I'm worried about my family and friends, but not their judgment of me because, you know, I love them and I assume they're going to love me. And I, I guess, you know, if they mind, it doesn't matter. And if they, if they matter, it doesn't mind. However, that, <laughs> I think I said that wrong. <laughs> yeah, the, um, I, I did not realize it. I did not realize that that was holding me back. And so one of the things that was so powerful about these questions is they illuminated these factors that I didn't even realize were constraints in my mind. So what, what people would think about me, what did my, was, did my education and everything that I invested in this career, was I throwing that all away because I was going to change this new to this new direction? Like that was another thought. Could I even get a job or could I even be successful? Because it was so different from what I had been doing. Like all of these things, she happened to articulate a number of them, enough of them that I didn't realize were constraints. But once I could see them, then I could step outside of them. So I want to connect this back to something you said at the beginning, which is you talked about it as autopilot, um, which I've, you know, I mentioned, like so many of us live on autopilot. This is a way in which that autopilot can be invisible to us. Mm. We don't even recognize that we're living this way. But we are. We're living based on what we think is possible and the story we've been given. So that's what I talk about in my book, Breaking the Code, because it's almost like you've been programmed. It's almost like you've been given this code. You've been programmed just like just like a computer would be programmed. And you've been programmed to operate in a certain way, believing certain things. So these what-if questions help me to break out of that and see, oh, gosh, I could really do anything. And with a wide open field, what would I choose? Oh, Wow. And you know, that is an idea that can be both liberating or terrifying because a lot of people, they, maybe we don't even realize that we like it, but there's something very safe about being on autopilot where you know what to expect and you know what's next. And the idea of, whoa, 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 Rusty just said I could do anything. I could be anything. Not me. I I don't have those skills. Rusty was this awesome worldwide success before he transitioned. I'm just, you know, average Joe. And all of these thoughts come in and and some of them are to protect us, to put us back into autopilot. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I, the, our fears and our the, all of the good reasons we have why this isn't possible for me, that is, as you said, it's, putting, it's bringing us back into what's comfortable and what's safe and what's familiar. Uh, our brain is wired to do that, right? It's wired to keep us alive. You don't go do something crazy and stupid because you might die. And that is biological. So, you know, part of this is to recognize you will have that biological thought that's going to come up for you. 
So the question then is, what are you going to do with it? Are you going to choose to listen to it and say, well, I'm going to believe all of those reasons and I'm going to stay inside the lane and I'm going to keep doing what I've been doing? Or are you going to choose to challenge it and say, huh, what if, what if that didn't have to constrain me? What if I could go create this new possibility? And if you're willing to explore that, that's the beginning. That's the first step. Oh, I love that you use the word willing because being willing I mean, we cannot ever make a change without our consent. So I'm kind of hoping, Rusty, can you help convince me? I'm in my, I'm in my box. I am in my, my, my robotic auto zone thing here. And, and, and you're suggesting that I don't have to stay here. So first of all, you're telling me that I have a box, which maybe I've never seen before. And, and now the idea that there's a world outside the box is terrifying me. So why do I want to step out of the box? What, what benefits are there when, when my, my uh, knee-jerk reaction, my body, my subconscious is going to say, oh, don't do that. You'll die. And so it's not actually true. You're not actually going to die if you try something new. But that's the feeling is, oh, my gosh, I'm going to die. So what's going to help me be so brave that I get over this false story, I'm going to die into, ooh, let's do this. Yeah. Well, fundamentally, I think we change for two reasons. One is pain. It gets hard enough where we are that we say, I'm not staying here anymore. I'm moving. So that's one reason to change. The other reason to change is you get pulled forward by pleasure or by desire, which is something that is out there that is appealing enough to you that you say, I'm going for that. So that's the person who decides they're going to run a marathon or, you know, whatever it is, they, you know, some kind of challenge they put out for themselves. It's, they want to accomplish something. So those are the two ways fundamentally that you change. Now, some people go through pain and that's, that's our avenue to change. And honestly, that was how I got into this work. Uh, I mentioned this divorce I went through. It was incredibly painful and very difficult. But what I learned from it was that I survived. It's like, I didn't really know that I had it in me, honestly, to go through that because up until that point in my life, a lot of things went well for me. I was very fortunate. So just like you said, like, well, Rusty was this special guy who accomplished all these things. Like there's a part of me that bought into that story. And then I got divorced and I was like, okay, this is really hard and painful. And I survived. And so that lesson of I can do difficult things really mattered to me because then when I saw something that was out there that was appealing to me, I said, I'm willing to do it because I know I have the capacity to do something that's hard. So I think for someone who's listening and says, well, I'm in this box and it's pretty comfortable or, you know, I'm pretty comfortable with my life. Great. You know, fundamentally, you don't have to change. Uh, the question is, is there something out there for you that is appealing enough? And when you think about that, something out there that's appealing, don't think incremental, right? Don't think, well, if I had a 10% raise or if I could spend an extra 30 minutes a day with my family or something like that, think out of the box. What would you love to create? If I gave you a magic wand and said, you could wave this magic wand and create a life of your dreams. Most people wouldn't want to say, I want a 10% raise. That's not what most people would wish for, (laughs) right? So wave the magic wand, come up with what is it that you would wish for? What if you were not constrained by all these things that we've been talking about? And that is what is powerful enough because it's for you. It's what matters to you. And when it aligns with your values, when it makes you feel energized and excited and you would just love that in your life, that becomes a motivating factor to say, yeah, I'm willing to tolerate a little discomfort because 
I'm moving in a direction of something that I want and is exciting to me. And I love that it's personalized as you're describing what matters to you, what matters to Rusty, what, what is exciting to you. And the idea, I love that you simplified it so well in just this pain and this pleasure. I know for me, going through a transition, it required pain, hitting the bottom and making a transition. I didn't even think of the good things at that point because I didn't think they were attainable. It wasn't until I bumped the bottom and started working my way up and thought, oh, there's a direction besides down into rock bottom, a spiraling pit of despair. And there are good things that are out there that are attainable, not just for the special people, but for all the people. And so I love that you just simplified that so beautifully. So you talk about, we ask, we ask ourselves the wrong questions and that there are better questions. Where, where does that come in? Does that come in with these questions you're talking about that kind of sparked your interest or is there even more than that? Well, it's really, it's really there in that, in that, what is your goal, right? Most of us, when we, th- when we think about what do we want in life, we think about what we can have, uh, you know, it, inevitably, whenever you go shopping for something, whether it's a car or clothes or whatever, almost the first thing you do is look at the price tag. And that determines, do I want this, right? It's like, am I willing to invest myself in this thing? Because I don't want to invest myself in something I can't afford. That same thinking applies in life, right? And so like one of the very simple examples I give, and I write about this in the book, is your salary. Let's just say for the simplicity around numbers, you make $100,000. And, you know, if I were to say, well, how much would you like to make? A lot of people would at, would answer that, not how much would I like to make. They would answer, what do I think is what reasonable think? for me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? And that's and where so, you get you know, that 10%. 000, that would be great, <laughs> 20% more. Well, what about 300,000, right? What about triple what you're making? Now? Like, would you like that? Uh, and so just getting people to think, stretch their sense of what's possible. Uh, I'm really, I've, I've really become a believer. And this is from my own experience, having come through this. I never would have expected that I'm doing what I'm doing now writing a book, coaching people, running my own business. If you had talked to me five years ago, I, I would have looked at you like you're from Mars. Like that's, that, that's not who I am. I've always worked in big companies. That's how I saw myself. So, you know, to go through that transition, to be a happier person, to be in an amazing relationship, to have a great relationship with my son, to love my work, like all of those things are developments and they're, it's growth and evolution for me. And, you know, so having personally experienced this, having seen it in my clients, having seen them grow as people get promotions, move to other parts of the country, change careers, build a house in another country. Like, you know, my clients have done amazing things. And it's not that they've got any kind of special capability or I have any kind of special capability that you don't have. It's just a willingness to say, this is important to me and I'm going to start taking action to do it. Wow, this is important to me and I'm going to take action to do it. And that's one of the things that I emphasize when I, when I teach people is that change comes from learning and doing and that we can hear something like, oh my gosh, this was such a great podcast. Rusty had all these great ideas. And then we turn around and do exactly the same thing that we did yesterday and the day before and the day before and the day before. So can you give me some ideas? What do I need to do that's a little bit different? We're talking about thinking a little bit different. Yeah. So what else do we have to do that's a little bit different? Well, so I would start with this. I would start with giving yourself some time and space to think about what does your life look like at a whole new level of satisfaction. So I talk about in the book, the zone of possibility. 
And I encourage everyone listening to give yourself 10 minutes. Pick a time, pick a day. Don't make it vague like, yeah, I'm going to do that sometime. But pick a time and day. Say, you know, I'm going to do this Friday at 5 or on the weekend, Sunday morning at 8 a.m. Doesn't matter what it is, but pick a time and a day for yourself to say, I'm going to spend some time to find, to enter into the zone of possibility and then think about what my life looks like at the next level. So there's three elements to the zone of possibility. Number one is quiet because everyone I know, I'm sure everyone listening lives a busy life. So you need a little bit of quiet space so that your brain can slow down so that you can slow down and you can tune into you so you can hear yourself and what you're thinking of and what you're longing for. And that's related to the second piece. So the first is quiet. The second piece is heart, to listen to your heart, because your answers to these things aren't intellectual. You don't think your way to what would I really like to have any more than you go into a restaurant and ask for the calorie count on the menu so that you can analyze what is the most nutritious thing and choose that to eat. (laughs) No, that's not what any of us does. You go in and you're like, that sounds good. I want that. That's the same kind of process you want to go as you're thinking about your life. What would you love to have? And then the third element is courage, because it does often take courage to listen to what you hear. It took a lot of courage for me to walk out of Apple after 13 years there. I was scared. I wasn't sure it was the right decision. I thought I might fail. I had all of those thoughts. You might have similar thoughts as you're going through this process. So have some courage and say, I'm willing to at least entertain this idea. So quiet, heart, and courage. And Pick a time and do it. Don't just leave it up to this vague intention. Like give yourself a specific time and date when you're going to do that. I love that. And then how often do you do this idea of sitting in this place of of imagining and thinking and using your heart and your, well, how, how often do you do this just once and you're done and magically your life changes or do you have to repeat it? What a great question. <laughs> well, there's two elements to that. So one It's going to take probably more than one sitting to come up with an idea of what it is that you want in your life. But remember to ask those what if questions, give yourself permission to think broadly. But once you come up with an idea, do this a few times and come up with an idea, then you kind of move into the next mode, which is to start doing something about it. And I want to tell you from my own experience, the first step isn't to change everything in your life. Like maybe that's the right answer for you, but it's not for most people. Like for me, becoming a coach, the first answer wasn't to march into my boss's office and say, oh, I'm going to quit, right? I didn't do that the day after I got the idea to become a coach. The first thing I did was to research, what does it mean to be a coach? And where can I get trained and certified? And then I went and I did that. And then I started to work as a coach and I got my first client. I did all of those things before I actually left my job. So once you have a picture of where you're going, once you've created that vision for your life, start taking action steps. There's always a step you can take today. So start moving forward and keep that vision in focus because you're, you're, you attract the vision just as much as you walk towards it. So you walk towards it by taking the action that you know to take and you attract it by keeping it in focus and believing it, believing it as possible. That's lovely. And I'm glad you brought up the word attraction because what you're describing is the law of attraction or manifesting. And so, but it's done from a little different angle and a different approach than I've heard other people describe. And I kind of like that because I like that there's different ways to think of things and different ways to maybe approach it. Now, as you're keeping that idea in your mind, do you use things like vision boards or end stories, or do you do any of those kinds of things to help keep that idea in mind? 
Yeah, I think it's, um, I, I think all of those are great. And so I think a lot of this comes down to what works for you. Ooh, good um, answer. One of the things I encourage people to do is at least create a picture in their mind. What is you create a scene, like almost like a movie trailer, right? Like you watch the trailer of a movie and it gives you the highlights, gives you an idea of what that movie's about. Create a little mini version of that for you at this new level of success. What might you be doing, right? You could be walking down the street with the, your, your partner in life or, and, or your whole family. And you could just be coming back from celebrating a promotion at work or the launch of your book or you know, whatever it might be. But give yourself a little scene like that so you can actually live it vicariously, live it in your imagination. Because it's the, my experience with all of this, and you know, I'm, uh, I won't say that I'm an expert in the law of attraction, but my experience that is in it is it only works if you can be that person, if you can feel as if it's happening, right? If you sit and wish for something, you say, gosh, it sure would be nice to get a raise or sure would be nice to have extra time at home. That's not the way the law of attraction works. Like it, it, it goes with your believing power. And so being able to put yourself into a specific scene and really feel what it feels like to be that person not only brings clarity to what it is you want, but it also brings the believing power. Oh, how lovely. And I love the idea of clarity. How clear do you feel like your picture has to be? I mean, can it, can it develop over time? Like, oh, I've got this idea. Oh, wait, 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 wait. How about this? Let's, let's add this. And, and I love the description of we're walking together and I just got this promotion or I just got this thing. That's pretty specific. Yeah, I think I think the more specific, the better. Um, you know, so people say, oftentimes I'll ask them about their vision and say, oh, we travel a lot. I'm like, great. Where? Like, where have you been? Like, give me two or three destinations. And just because you name those and they become a part of your vision, let's just say it's Paris, right? Imagine this, right? If I were to tell you, well, part of my vision for my future life is that I get to travel a lot. Okay, how does that sound to you compared to... I just got back from this trip to Paris and I was sitting in a Parisian cafe, sipping a coffee and you know, people were walking by on the sidewalk, the Eiffel Tower's there in the distance and I was eating this fresh buttery croissant and just thinking, man, this is amazing. I love this. Okay, right? I'll choose door number two. Right. <laughs> so that's where specifics can be really helpful. Not only does it help you define what it is you really want, but you can picture it, you can feel it, you can experience it. And that's really what you want to go for. Oh, and I can even eat a nice buttery croissant now and get that <laughs> yes, taste and that feeling and that, oh, this is what it's going to be like. And that's fantastic. What a yeah. lovely idea. Okay, so we're working our way out of our, our just subconscious, kind of living on a subconscious level into living in a more conscious level. And it's interesting that that includes an element of imagination. Isn't that fascinating? It is. And, you know, I, I talk to a lot of adults who say, oh, I don't, I don't really have a very good imagination. You know, we think of kids as being very imaginative, but not adults. And I actually don't think that's true. I think many adults have a very vivid imagination, but we tend to imagine the worst rather than the best. <laughs> Uh, you know, so, well, we do, right? That is so true. Oh my so gosh, true. my boss has to meet with me. What's my boss going to say? Or my kid is late getting home from school. What happened? Right? We, we tend to imagine negative things going on. And so, you know, it's just notice that in yourself. Do you do that? And it's a choice, right? You say, oh, well, that's just how I am. I just worry. Well, okay. Do you control what you think about? Yes. You have the option. Like, 
of all the things that you control in life, they're not many really, but you do control where, where your attention goes. And you have the option to shift that and imagine, well, boy, my, my child is late getting home from school. What are all the good things that can be happening? Maybe they did really well in school today and the teacher asked them to come out, stay after so they could congratulate them and have a really cool conversation with them. Who knows, right? It's like, but we tend to go to the worst. So catch yourself in that. Allow your imagination to imagine the best. Wow. Okay. I'm going to be chewing on that one for a long time <laughs> because it is so true. And I'm, I'm a mom and moms tend to worry. And I talk to my friends and they say, oh, I worry about this and I worry all the time because that's just what I do. And I've never thought of it as this is my imagination and how I'm using my imagination is to think of all the bad things that could possibly happen. And that is, that is actually quite revolutionary because, because then it makes it a choice for one thing and it gives another option and another direction. So that's really cool. Yeah, I think that it's always useful to have another direction because it's very hard to stop doing something unless you replace it. It's just like, you know, if I say, Linda, stop worrying. Like, it, it's very hard to just stop worrying. Most of us, do we, we don't really know how to do that. What you really need to do is shift your focus and shift your attention. And so if you do something that to you feels challenging, that's going to bring require more of your mental capacity and it might feel challenging to use your imagination to think about what are all the good things that could be happening? Like, what are all the positive ways this could go? So I find it really useful when you're trying to remove something to replace it with something that's, that's valuable. Oh, I love that. I love that. Because I agree. When someone just says, well, just stop doing it. Just, just don't do that. Don't worry. Don't think about that. Don't whatever. Your brain is, is worrying about it and then worrying about that you weren't supposed to worry about it. And it just goes around in circles and makes this big fat mess. But thinking of a different route, I'm thinking of water. You can't stop water from running, but you can change the course. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that's it, right? Our brain is going to be thinking. So you change the course, right? Just, just put it, direct it where you want it to go rather than allowing it to run wherever it's going to go. Oh, wow. Okay. So that puts us back into, into using our conscious rather than just running around on autopilot. And I guess that kind of is, I don't know, the focus that we come back to is the idea that if we want to be able to change, we want to be able to be happier. We want to be able to have wonderful things come into our life and to be able to progress and to do more then it requires being able to step outside of that autopilot and to be in control of our minds, of our thinking, of what we're doing. And it is, uh, it's new for a lot of people because we don't recognize that that's something that we need to worry about. It, it is new and it was, it was new for me. And it's, you know, I, I think this is where having support makes a huge difference. Uh, you know, having people around you who are engaged in this kind of study and learning and thinking differently thinking from a sense of possibility rather than looking at all the problems and all the constraints and all the obstacles. So being surrounded by people, having some kind of structure, whether that's a book or a group, or if you have a coach or you have a therapist or a mentor or something, but building some structure for yourself makes a huge difference. Um, you know, there's, there's great stories about um, athletes who tend to have a routine. Uh, so you can see this in almost any sport, right? As, as a tennis player who's about to serve the ball or a basketball player before they shoot a free throw. Uh, a lot of them have a routine that they go through. 
And it's that routine that helps them put them in the right mindset to help them get grounded and oriented so that they can execute successfully. Isn't that interesting? And it's the same thing for us. So a routine, which is, it can be thought of as an autopilot-y thing, but if it's the right kind of routine, it can be a springboard for something bigger and something greater. So I love that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, you have brought up some amazing things to be thinking about to change. And I love that you brought up that we need other people. And this is where the coaching comes into uh, into play and, and books and even listening to podcasts where we listen and get some new ideas. So I appreciate very much you sharing today and for you visiting with me today. Thanks, Linda. It was great. I enjoyed the conversation. It has been a pleasure. In closing, I'd like to share a quote by Sam Owen. He said, get in the driving seat of your thoughts. You control them and they absolutely control your life. Today, I invite you to turn off your autopilot and get into the driving seat of your thoughts. See you next time on Linda's Corner. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode of Linda's Corner, please share and subscribe to help us reach new listeners. I also invite you to check out my nonprofit, Hope for Healing, at the website hopeforhealingfoundation.org for free ebooks, free audiobooks, and other free resources to help increase happiness, build confidence and self esteem, strengthen relationships, manage stress, and calm feelings of depression and anxiety. I also invite you to grab a copy of one of my books, like Crushed A Journey Through Depression, or Amazon bestseller You Got This An Action Plan to Calm Fear, Anxiety, Worry, and Stress. See you next time on Linda's Corner.